Good morning, Moto America fans. Uh, welcome to another edition of Off Track, which is Moto America's uh, weekly podcast. I do the. I'm Paul Carruthers, the uh, communications manager, and I do the podcast with Sean Beist, who's my cohort. And uh, Sean helps me with uh, with everything from social media to uh, public relations at the track and media relations and all sorts of stuff. And uh, you guys obviously know him if you're fans of the show that he's a he's a big contributor and likes to talk a lot. So he's the perfect guy to have on a podcast. But uh, how are you today, Sean? <laughs> Good. I was going to say I I help you in pretty much every way, but I won't do your laundry or wash your windows. But uh, <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I'd have, I'd have you live with me if you could do that. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want that, believe me. I'm not even sure my wife wants that sometimes, but but she has to put up with it. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so hey, couple, go ahead. Go ahead. I was you just go. gonna say a couple more weeks before we have to go up there. I'm gonna do the drive up again, and it's not too bad. Uh, I look forward to it, and I get to go over and through Indiana and, and up through uh, Chicago is the toughest part of it. But you know, like like we've said, and the fans have told us, the end of June is pretty much ideal for Wisconsin. So probably gonna be even better for our fans that are going to be there than that first round where the fans couldn't be there. So we kind of did them a solid with that deal, I think. Yeah. And it was kind of weird for me on this one because we made the reservations after the last one at road America, the plane reservations this time, last time was nothing. Planes were half full, tons of flights, very cheap. This one, it was still fairly inexpensive, but um, the flights were like, I don't want to say non-existent, but they, they were less so than than the previous the previous round, and we're actually uh, we're going into Chicago and making the drive over. So, oh wow, that's really good. Okay, yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit farther, but I think we kind of make it up on this end a little bit, and you can get a direct flight, et cetera, et cetera. So, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to the next round, and one of the reasons I'm looking forward to the next round is we've got something new. We've got a few things new, but today we're going to focus on the. Uh, the Moto America Mini Cup by Motul. It's uh, it's going to be the first round, obviously for for that series, and and it's the debut with the series with Moto America. We had those guys come out to uh, to pit race last year and put on a show, and quite a show it was. Everyone seemed to like it. Uh, had a strong entry, a bunch of cool kids, and I, I was impressed by by how well these kids can actually ride. Yeah, I was too. It was pretty amazing to see that. I mean, it was a cool, cool first uh, chance for us to see those guys. And it obviously planted a seed for us to have this um, mini cup this year. So um, it's going to be a cool event. Can't wait. Well, anyway, on today's show, we have Brandon Cretu. And he's basically, I guess he's he's, he's the man when it comes to this mini cup by Motul. He's going to be in charge of, uh, of running the program for us. He's, uh, I believe, co-owner of Rise Moto which is the Ovali Importer. Uh, the series uses Ovali motorcycles, which uh, if you haven't seen them, they're like scaled down little MotoGP bikes. They're, they're really cool. We actually have a Moto America version that's been all painted up that we'll have on display. But uh, yeah, they, they haven't let me ride it yet because I think the whole idea behind the bike is to have it nice and be on display rather than me wreck it. So <laughs> maybe at the end of the season, they'll let me take it for a spin. But uh, Brandon, welcome to the show. It's, it's nice to have you on board. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks, John. I, I'm uh, I'm happy to be on and uh, excited to talk about what we're doing. 
Well, right off the bat, we're going to play dumb. And I, as I mentioned before we got on, before we got started, that uh, we're actually not playing dumb because we are kind of dumb when it comes to this. But <laughs> give us give us a breakdown on on exactly what the Mini Cut by Mo tool is and and what its goals are and and you know the amount of entries and just some basic information that we can we can let our fans know about as we head to the uh, to the series opener. Yeah. So basically, it's a it's an uh, an Ovali spec series uh, designed around providing youth a structured environment to enter into the, like the sport of road racing. Um, you know, it's I, I want to say it's you know a cheap a cheap way to get into road racing, but we all know that road racing is never going to be cheap. Um, so it's it's all relative. You know, this is a a way for people to get involved where the bikes are you know for all intents and purposes, ready to race when you buy them. Um, you have to very, there's very minimum you have to do to make them legal for Road, for Moto America. So parents that aren't maybe necessarily, um, you know, mechanically inclined or know a bunch about, you know, buying a bike and converting it, to all, you know, and having to buy a bunch of stuff to make it a proper race bike, you know, this kind of helps that barrier to entry. Um, and the other thing is, you know, we use, you know, spec sealed engines that we can, you know, we can police and maintain throughout the season. Um, to kind of keep the parity between competitors so people aren't going out and spending a lot of money on, you know, engine modifications and things that ultimately, you know, at the at this point in a rider's career as a as a young rider, that's not the important part where they need to focus. You know, we need to focus on, you know, talent going through, um, you know, kids showing what they can do without, you know, parents wasting a bunch of money on, on engines and, um, you know, things of that nature. So that's kind of the general idea of it um you know and growing the sport as a whole you know ultimately all these riders are eventually going to grow out of an overly you know to a certain extent obviously MotoGP guys use the small bikes to train pro riders use them to train like you know moto america's and josh heron has a couple um you know so maybe they not grow out of it is the wrong word but they move on to bigger bikes bigger things and um you know this is a in my mind this ultimately helps the sport helps everybody helps the big manufacturers helps Moto America because it feeds these young riders into the sport, um, you know, and creates more opportunities and more um, more exposure for them, more exposure for the sport, which is good for everybody at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, I think overall, you know, the, the reception of, you know, what we're building, what we're doing has been, you know, pretty fantastic, like across the board, besides just my customers, like, you know, also people in the industry that, you know, maybe don't have any involvement with it or, you know, we're, slightly maybe a, a competitor not really a competitor but other manufacturers that don't make a bike like that but you know people have been pretty supportive of it because i think they see that it's more of a way to help the sport as a whole um you know and the kids will get fed up into the bigger bikes you know eventually so ultimately that's kind of you know kind of the goal here is to create opportunities and you know help help everyone at the end of the day you know brandon i'm i'm pretty fascinated with the mechanical aspects of these bikes um, can you talk about that a little bit, really the different displacements and the fact that some of them are twist and go, some of them are, tra are transmissions. And I, I want to add to it that um, I am a longtime owner of a pretty pristine YSR 50. Oh. And I, I remember those were like the thing to go to if you went on a kart track. And a lot of road racers would say they, they did their first road racing on those. But man, I mean, not to disparage my beloved motorcycle, but you look at the the spec of uh, YSR 50 versus those Avalis. I mean, those Avalis are unbelievable. The way the frames are, the upside down uh, suspensions on them. I mean, they're the aero exhaust. Those things are 
amazingly cool and and very up upscale for what you get. Um, can you talk about that? Yeah, so um, you know, Volley was kind of the you know, for a long time there. Once the YSR fifties kind of went away, and then Honda, you know, I think Honda still actually makes the NSF one hundred, but it's only in Japan. It's not very common. You know, there's still old ones floating around here and there. Um, you know, there was like kind of a, a break for a long time from any manufacturer making like a really high quality, you know, small sized motorcycle. Um, and then Ovali kind of saw that as an opportunity. And then they developed this kind of new um, platform with the 10 inch wheels, which weren't really a thing before this. Um, and they, Ovali, to give people some history, has, you know, a long history in the motorcycle industry. They're actually a design and development firm. And so they build like the prototypes you'd see at places like Eichma, um, you know, of like a, a concept bike. That's what they do. That's like their original, like that's their original business model. Um, and they do design and um, and graphics and uh, like graphic design for large manufacturers. Like, I mean, you name it, they've done work for it, whether it's, you know, Kimco or Harley or Honda or whoever, they've done work for everybody. So they're pretty well respected in, in the industry and uh, pretty well known. So when they entered this market, they were able to kind of tap into those, you know, relationships and those, um, the, the, the experience in the industry and, you know, get people like Aero to make exhaust for them, you know, work with, you know, m manufacturers that make stuff for other large manufacturers to make their stuff. You know, the, actually the fairings were made by the same factory that makes the fairings for Ducati from like the pack, like the, the OEM fairings. Um, so they pull from a lot of that experience and are able to build, you know, super high quality, proper miniature race bike. Um, you know, the head engineer actually used to work for Aprilia's racing division. So, um, you know, they, they have that experience as well, where, you know, they have a guy who's, you know, used to design and uh, Aprilia at race bikes, you know, with their MotoGP program and, and the race division now is, you know, helping design and update the, uh, the Avali GP zero chassis. So they're pulled from a lot of experience and, you know, they're able to use that to create, you know, super high quality motorcycle, which comes in the one, like, so what you just mentioned, you have like the, the, you know, gas and go like the 110 automatic, which is basically just, um, no gears, no clutch. It's a way for kids to, get on and really learn how to ride a bike as opposed to like also learning how to you know, use a clutch and shift gears. Um, those are really popular in, in Europe, uh, the automatic, uh, as a way for like youth to get in, like maybe coming off of really small bikes or like fifties and get on a, like the first GP chassis that they ride. Um, in America, they haven't really taken off as much yet. Cause a lot of kids do start off on like CRI 50 TTR fifties or bikes like that. Um, so, you know, and I'm not in a, you know, I'm trying to enter it where I think we can be the most effective. And, uh, I think those bikes provide a good starting platform for kids. So I don't, I don't compete too much in that area. Um, you know, so where we come in mainly is the 110 four speed, the 160 and the 190, which, um, you know, provides like a stepping stone for kids to, you know, get some experience from engine sizes on the same chassis so they can start to experience more power. And, you know, how to properly deliver that power without, you know, crashing, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's just learning the application of power and handling of the bike and everything. So it, it provides a good stepping stone for kids and it provides a structured, you know, each different plot, each different CC provides different, um, you know, classes for kids to grow into as they become more skilled and, and better riders. Okay. So if, if I have a kid, for example, that's uh, like, he's a little motocross kid and he, he 
he races that and and I'd like him to try uh, to, to try road racing. Is there is there any kind of like a rental program or something that you could ease it yourself into, or or is it a, just a purchase deal? Um, no. So we we've worked with pretty much every mini organization in the country. So this was one of the things when I got involved that yeah I wanted to provide people like parents and kids access to these like all over the country to because number one it's a it's a really new thing for the American market like these like you know, in this day and age, the mini GP type chassis, like right now, p- parents and kids are used to riding like converted dirt bikes, you know, like a TTR 125 or Honda CRF 100 or whatever, which are, which are great training tools and great bikes to get people involved. But they kind of lacked the uh, appeal I like to say, from an, from an outsider looking in of like, okay, I want to watch, you know, kids obviously want to ride what they see their idols riding. Like if I see Rossi riding a energy GP bike, like I want to ride something that looks like that. Um, you know, and people watching outside looking in, like when you watch the kids on the volleys, it looks like a little MotoGP race. So these not only provide like the the look and the appeal of of you know what people want to see when they watch racing, but also you know the the, the performance part of it. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to make that accessible to everybody because it is so new. So I partnered with like pretty much every mini organization around the country, and I have demo bikes seated with them. So if you if a parent or someone goes to those organizations, they're able to whether it's see them in person and just sit on or like rent them for a day or try them out for one session for free. Um, you know, I kind of leave that up to the different organizations. But, you know, we basically have bikes all around the country at this moment that you know people can see and touch and ride and try before they really like, you know, dive into it first, you know. So Brandon, back back to the mechanics of the bike a little bit. You kind of explained the different sizes. So for the ones that you said are in the U.S., it's the one ten automatic, and then up through. Uh, tell me about this. Could somebody buy the entry level one? And does you said the chassis is the same? So could you literally? Is it? Could you literally change engines and upgrade it, or is it better to just get a, a different bike when you go to a, diff, a, a different size? No, you can absolutely. Um, you can buy. The, you could start with the one ten automatic, and then you could upgrade all the way to a one sixty. Um, the one ninety chassis is actually. It was fairly close to the one to the earlier models. You know, in previous years, except it had different mounting points for the engine. But now the one ninety chassis for twenty twenty is actually fairly different. Um, you know, it looks from the outside it looks more look the same, but it is a it's a fairly different chassis. So it's uh, it's basically you can buy one ten automatic, you can upgrade up to a one sixty by just replacing the engine, carb, um, you know, a couple small things, and then uh, once you're done, once you're kind of grow out of the one sixty, then it's time to you know buy a different chassis and buy a 190. So earlier you had mentioned that uh, Ovali has a relationship with Aprilia and it was very cool this earlier this week, I think it was where the announcement was made about this Aprilia RS one or RS two fifty, which uh, is a four stroke, not the two stroke that they used to have. Um, Obviously it's uh, an Aprilia, but there's a relationship with Ovali on that. And can you, can you talk about where that bike fits in? Is that kind of the next step up? even more and would you consider that to be a slot before a junior cup bike or about on level with junior cup bike where where does that one fit uh i think you're you're spot on with kind of where your thoughts were on that um so basically to talk on the the partnership a little bit um yeah volley you know 
does work closely with Aprilia. Actually, they do all their design and um, paint work for all their MotoGP bikes. So the MotoGP bike you see on the grid every, you know, whenever you see them racing, like Ovali does the design for it and the paint and livery for it. So that's how that relationship kind of started. And um, with this bike, uh, Aprilia and Ovali worked together on designing it and, you know, determining what components were on it and, you know, those various things. And now actually, Ovali is the one that are building the bike. And they're the ones that are um, managing all the sporting activities. So in Italy, they, they introduced a spec, you know, basically like an, an Italian junior cup, kind of like, or Italian um, cup, I should say. Kind of like you have the Asia Talent Cup or British Talent Cup, which uses the Honda um, NSF250, I believe, um, along those same lines. So it provides kind of, yeah, like a stepping stone from, you know, these small bikes when you're ready to get onto a big track you know it's a, a you know a proper you know gp uh, inspired chassis with an engine that's you know you know powerful enough but manageable enough for still like a younger kid um you know and it, you know gets someone to the big track where they can really um you know start to learn the dynamics of riding on a big track so that's the idea of it you know in my mind and why what i'm kind of hoping you know working towards is this is a stepping stone class between the mini cup and junior cup. So the junior cup, I believe you can start at 14 or 15, if I'm not mistaken. 14. Yeah, you're right. So like, this is something I see is, you know, obviously MotoGP, you know, sources and what, you know, watches riders pretty closely from the various talent cups around the, around the world. Like, you know, in, in Europe, you have talent cups in Asia and UK, I just mentioned in, you know, the U.S. has been lacking that. You know, we have the Junior Cup, which obviously is, uh, you know, tons of talented young kids are in it. Um, but I think we're we're missing, you know, we're missing one more thing to really round out what Moto America, you know, has um, to offer, you know, not only competitors, but spectators and sponsors and everything else. And in my mind, this kind of this this has the opportunity to fill that void for like, you know, kids like in, if I were going to, you know, if I was standing in a, you know in front of motor america giving my pitch i would say this is a great class for you know kids from age 13 to 16 that you know you do it maybe half the round you know it's not a full series like it doesn't follow motor america to every race but it follows them to you know five or six races and it allows kids to race on spec machinery that ultimately is a little cheaper than the junior cup um as far as machinery and then you know if you're doing less rounds it's a little cheaper so it it gives them you know it's not almost like you're giving people tiered ways to get in with Moto America and national level racing, um, you know, and get involved and just build upon that. Um, and I think this is kind of that that stepping stone towards that. And then the kids would obviously move out of this into Junior Cup and then Super Sport and so on. Okay, so we haven't turned a wheel yet at Road America, but I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but from from looking at it from my standpoint, it we're we're we've been pretty successful so far. Would you agree? I mean, the amount of entries, et cetera. Oh yeah, I mean, I think for the first year, um, you know, it's it's been a, a a pretty huge success in terms of the amount of the entries that we have. We have a super strong field, and we have a you know a quite a you know a lot of competitors. I was just pulling up the um, the registration right now, and I think we have about. Um, in the 110 class, we have about 10 riders, but 160 and 190 class, we have 
between well the one freezer class we have almost 20 riders and the 190 we have like 16 or 18 riders um so yeah it's quite it's it's quite a full grid um you know i don't think you could really ask for anything better um you know i just compare it like in italy we you know when we had our event last year the 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 talent cup at uh at pittsburgh you know we had 16 riders in the 160 class and we had 10 in the one in the 110 class and then we took those the top you know winners over to italy to race and over in italy you know at i mean this is an italian race weekend but it's only avalis there is no other racing that goes on it's only avalis there is over 150 entries wow and it's just like when we went over there now i had been there before when these kids and parents were over there i mean everyone was kind of like you know it opens your eyes as to the possibilities like i look at that stuff and i see possibilities of what we can do here not we'll never be like that like i don't think like that because i think that you know people think like that for too long and it doesn't help you know get you know generate new ideas and bring new things to the sport like here in America. And I think um, we have to change our, our way of thinking and that we, we can, obviously we, you know, we're doing this this year and we have a really strong entry. So I think people want this and, you know, we're trying to give people what they want. <laughs> right. So let's talk about the event itself and what people will see when they're there. Brandon, it's it's not on obviously on the track, the Road America main circuit. It's a cart track, which makes sense for the size of the bike and everything about it. But tell us about how how the whole thing happens. Is is there qualifying for the races and the sprint races? How many laps are there? And are there champions crowned in a number of different classes? Tell us about what we'll see when we get to Road America. Yeah, so if you make it down to the cart track, um, you'll basically. Be we, the way we structured the event is similar is the same as last year really at the talent cup is my idea was okay let's have an event where it gives the opportunity for the kids to be seen um but also the people that are the kids that are coming to also then watch the moto america races. i didn't want to have an event where we were just like you know a, a you know something on the side that everyone knew was happening but no one had the time to go watch and it just kind of got lost in the shuffle so we have um practice on friday which is just you know your basic open practice um and then saturday our event is all day saturday so we start with practice in the morning qualifying uh around lunchtime and or like a white right after after lunch and then we have heat races in the early afternoon so the heat races will basically uh, determine the grid for the main events which will be held at each round in the evening so starting i believe it's at 4 30 until 6 that will be then when our main events are for the three classes, which gives, you know, by, by, by then Saturday on Saturday, you know, per the schedule, you know, the big classes in Moto America are wrapping up people, you know, have, I mean, obviously the teams have their own things to worry about for, for Sunday's races, but, you know, I feel like most people have, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes where they can come down and then watch, you know, these kids and the future of the sport and, you know, support them and watch the races, which happened at Pittsburgh. And we had, you know, we had a really good crowd at Pittsburgh last year watching all the kids race and the racing was fantastic. So I think, you know, it, it led everyone to want to, you know, definitely come and watch the kids again, um, you know, at a place like Road America, which the car track is, you know, it's, I think it's going to be really good racing and just really cool to watch because the car track is actually like a really phenomenal track. Brandon, I, I, I was actually looking up some results and stuff today because I wanted to make sure that, that I was accurate. But uh, 
you did race some Moto America races, I think in 2015 and maybe 2016. And you've also, yeah. you've also raced, um, Isla man and Macau GP, things like that. So you've got, you've got a pretty big, uh, racing background yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've done, I'm kind of like the journeyman racer. I've done a little bit of everything. <laughs> you know, I, I did the TT for seven years and uh, Macau for four years. And that was kind of like where I, I don't know, like where I found my niche and I really, I did it cause I enjoyed it and I loved it. And, um, you know, eventually I just decided that was, you know, I, I kind of had enough and, um, you know, I raced Moto America first season, you know, not quite so successfully. I was, it was a, it was a difficult season for me. And then, um, after that I, uh, raced world endurance for two seasons. Actually I still did two rounds last year. Um, so yeah, I still like, I still stay involved. I still ride a lot. You know, I still, I still, uh, you know, have asked, like, I still like to race. I just, uh, you know, don't have any, all my, all my attention. And unfortunately all my money <laughs> has gone into this, you know, so, um, you know, it's just, uh, trying to go to grow this business and, you know, and support the sport and, you know, kind of do what we're build what we're doing. So I, yeah, I don't get as many opportunities to ride as I used to, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I've done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon. So without giving away your, your trade secrets or how it happened, I mean, you kind of touched on why you're doing a little bit, but go into that a little bit more. Why, why you started it and how you started it. How did you find out about these bikes and, you know, who did you contact and all that kind of stuff, if you don't mind revealing some well, of that. I mean, I guess speaking to your point, when you brought up when I raced Moto America, I, um, you know, I was racing for a team and, uh, you know, a, a private sponsor, um, you know, an individual and he, I rode for him. I actually, you know, left my full-time job and I had a good job for like, you know, seven or eight years. And I, uh, while I was racing the TT and, um, he, you know, a gentleman came along by the name of Selby Jones. Uh, he sponsored our team for a while under the team rabid transit. And he unfortunately passed away very suddenly in January of 2016 or no 2017. Let me get my, I'm trying to get my, uh, my dates right. 2016, 2017. Yeah, no, 2018. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't keep track of our years anymore. I can't either. 2018. <laughs> so anyways, that happened and, um, you know, it was, it was you know, a difficult time. And I, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do, you know, and, and move forward with, uh, with kind of life, you know, in general. And I, um, months later, I was actually traveling to Europe for a race and I had always kind of seen, I'd seen the Ovalis on on social media for a while, and because uh, I had a lot of friends in Europe, and obviously they were they were only in Europe at that point. So um, I had a friend, um, Marvin Fritz, who races for Yamaha uh, for Yart, Yamaha Austria Racing and World Endurance, and he had an Ovali, and I was you know texting him. I said, you know, hey, can you you know anyone at Ovali at, the, at you know at at the um, headquarters? I'd like to you know maybe get a meeting with them and you know, just talk about the American market and see, you know, see what, see where they're at. And, um, you know, I was able to, through friends of friends, get connected with them. And I, I was already over there at that point. And I, uh, you know, went, drove down to Venice, or right, right, right outside of Venice. I drove down there for a meeting and, you know, gave them the, the proposal that I put together and talked to them about my plans for, you know, bringing them to America and kind of like I had a, a three-year plan set up and, um, you know, I got here and things, went way, way faster than what, uh, I really, um, originally had planned for. And, um, you know, the, the Moto America idea 
was a concept and that was like you know three to four years down the road where it's you know happened in year you know two so you know they uh, it, it's been a there's a lot of growing things you know volley is is you know they they expanded their factory they've been growing with as they've been as the market's been growing um so it's been a change for them and definitely um something we're trying to keep up with all the demand because they just can't keep up right now but that's kind of how it happened you know i was just looking for i was trying to find my next path you know in life and you know how to make a living and um you know I, I went I went this direction for for you know whatever reason I had you know I figured I'd draw upon my racing experience and and my you know I love the sport and I love the people in it and um, you know it it does make it does give me headaches but you know I still at the end of the day I love motorcycles and everyone and most people involved in the sport are you know just just like all of us and they're great people and I enjoy it so. Well, we we appreciate the fact that you share our same dream and vision, which is to you know, help develop the next uh, world champion, American world champion. So um, hopefully somebody out of this mini cup will see that happen. Um, I wanted to, aside from the the younger kids, the younger people that are on it, you had mentioned um, about Marvin Fritz and, and uh, we see Heron a lot. This week we saw a video with Corey Alexander riding on an Ovali and he's a He's a tall kid, just like you are, Brandon, and I'm sure you do your share of laps on an Ovali. The ergonomics on those bikes are such that if you're if you're an adult, you can still ride. Yeah, them, I mean, correct? I think it's um, you know, there's a lot of people that get kind of nervous about that. They say, "Oh, I'm gonna, it's too small, I can't ride it." And I think it's a uh, largely, you know, there obviously there are some physical limitations. Like if you're six five, yeah, I think you're you're getting on the limit of like you know what what will fit on an Ovali, but um. You know, or if you just have like, you know, zero flexibility for some reason, um, you may struggle a little bit. But I mean, I'm 5'11", and I, I mean, I can ride them all day long, um, you know, and it, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm like Peter Hickman, you know, over in the UK, British superbike rider. He's 6'1", and uh, he, again, same thing. He ride, you know, he's totally comfortable and rides all day long on them. Um, I think it's largely just getting on them and giving them a chance because once you get comfortable on something, like once you ride something a little bit more and get comfortable, then it becomes more comfortable and more, you know, um, you kind of get in, get into a groove on something more where you first get on something, obviously anything, it feels a little bit foreign and a little bit tougher to ride. Um, and I think you know, the volley is no different. It just takes some getting used to. Um, and the, the new 2020 190, which is, you know, the 190 has always been geared towards youth and you know, adult riders. Um, it's actually an updated chassis where it is a little bit roomier for adults. You know, it's it's longer chassis, it's taller. Um, so it, it is a it's been, you know, really well received with you know adult riders as far as being more comfortable and, you know, fitting them better. Yeah, I mean it's uh, Corey, I think Corey Alexander is about six two or something. So I mean he looked pretty comfortable going around that on that bike. Uh, I, I want to, we have weekly meetings with, uh, the Crave partners who manage Moto America. And we've been talking a lot about the mini cup by Motul coming up at this next round at road America with which the fans are going to be at. And also our heritage cup, which we're going to have as well, the vintage bikes. But I, I wanted to ask you about the, the riders that have entered and you said, we've got a pretty healthy entry list. Um, our partners have asked us if there are any rivalries that we can kind of build up. And we know of some of the writers. I mean, I've known about Kaylee Yakov for a few years. We know about Jesse James Shedden and, you know, kind of what, what uh, American Racing's done with their four riders they've got. And 
We've heard a few here and there, Rossi Moore and some of those guys. But do you know, are there any like fierce rivalries that we need to know about so that when, you know, we need to pay attention when they're on the track? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I try to stay out of that stuff. <laughs> smart it's super (laughs) tough because you know i'm like on one end i'm you know obviously i'm selling bikes and you know trying to you know support my business and do that but also now i'm involved with you know helping moto america you know kind of manage you know from a you know i guess a a a macro perspective this mini cup thing and um so i do have to we have to remain a little bit you know removed from from i try to at least but um I think there's definitely you know, all the kids. I think get along. I think maybe the rivalries are more with the parents. <laughs> you know, you know parent, kids are all you know they're kids. They all just have fun and they ride their bikes and they uh, you know they enjoy it. Um, I know you know from a team's per- perspective. You know, this year you have American Racing Team who um, you know I'm I'm super excited they're involved and uh, you know having a World Championship team involved with the Mini Cup and Moto America and just in the paddock in general. I think is good for their uh, riders and for the series and you know it shows a lot that moto america is you know doing the right things um but i think between them and then you have forza gp snipers team that are feeling you know rossi Moore and eli banish but you know rossi for sure is um you know a standout you know last year at the at the talent cup i think he impressed everybody with you know uh, his talent and i think he's he's for sure you know got some sights on his back of the other kids as you know okay he's the kid to to get the you know to watch you know and then you know learn from and you know hopefully uh you know we'll see some some fierce battles with the film i know there's some other super talented kids so you know rossi is by no means you know a shoe in for winning anything and i think i think there's a lot of kids that are you know plenty capable of winning and we'll have some good battles for sure you know it's 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 going to be fun to watch and i know that's the way junior cup is the first years that we had started out with it it's still extremely popular and and obviously we promoted it a lot and uh it's some of these riders have moved up and some are even in stock 1000 now and everything but uh you know it's something that all everybody seems to gravitate towards to see them i'm sure the the mini cup is going to be the same way um we're just about ready to wrap up i've got one more question for you and i was telling you i i kind of like to tinker i like to know about these mechanical things I mentioned I have a YSR 50. So I also have a TTR 125 that's the electric start model. So it's got a lighting coil. So I went on to Baja Design's uh, website and, uh, you know, turned it into a dual sport bike. And, you know, it's a small little bike, but I kind of like to ride it around the neighborhood. So you probably know where I'm going with this. Is it possible at all to take an Ovali and make it into a street bike? For purposes of me being the importer, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah. the wrong question yeah. to ask you. Yeah. Right, and now I I do know of a company in um, Tennessee called Man in the Box, which is a super super popular um, small bore accessories um, like online retailer. Um, some guys own it. Really cool guys. They do a lot of fun stuff. They make a lot of they do a lot of cool projects and build a lot of cool bikes like Groms and um, you know that sort of thing. They actually have one of our Ovalis and they have built it into, it is the only street legal Ovali in the country. Um, you know, they put a different engine in it with the electric start, um, you know, and they have headlights, taillight, like it's the, it's fully street legal. Um, so you'll be seeing more of that somewhere here or there on social media at some point. <laughs> 
It's it's cool. I see this happen all the time. You know, you see like people that have had a TZ250 or something that was a purpose built race bike, and then then they want to try to turn it into a street bike, and it may not have an ability, a lighting coil, or it has to have a total loss system. But somehow people seem to figure out ways to get them to ride them on the street to go to a, a, a bike night or something oh, yeah. like that. So. Oh no, no, that's great. Yeah, I know. I know they like, they swapped out an engine and did all had a custom header made to fit around the starter motor and all kind. Of, they they went through quite a build. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool though. Hey Sean, pay pay gobs of money to get it Sean, done. Sean, could yeah. you possibly get us a video of you riding the YSR fifty around your neighborhood? <laughs> I don't know what we could promote with it. Maybe stupidity or something. But I mean, we could definitely do it. <laughs> It's like, you know, at this circus, when you see one, of, well, they don't have it anymore, but the elephant who, you know, balances on the beach ball or whatever, it's a little bit like that. But um, no, it's fun. I like to do it so the cops can pull me over and, and ask me, you know, and find out that it's legal to do and I'm not doing anything wrong. So, um, but Brandon, thank you so much for having, for being on. We, uh, we got to talk to you a little bit last year at Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, and we enjoyed having you guys there and love the fact that we've got the mini cup happening this year and hopefully it's on to bigger and better th things and even more rounds next year yeah thanks for having me on guys and thanks for the support um yeah hopefully i can i'll see you guys over in america and hopefully you guys can make it down and watch the uh, watch the event yeah we're looking forward to it absolutely yeah and to the fans out there thank you for listening to our podcast please subscribe to moto america live plus our popular subscription streaming service. And also don't forget to get your race weekend tickets. You can go to motoamerica.com for that, uh, to sign up for Live Plus and also to get your tickets for Road America or any of our other rounds coming up. And Road America is the weekend after this one coming with fans. So we hope to see you there. Awesome. Thanks, Thank you, everybody. Guys. Thanks.